our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to Christ. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who go, went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. And he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock he did the same. At about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Holy and loving God, write a message on our heart. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. A classic method of studying scripture, and that's a real exciting way to start a sermon, I know, but stick with me. A classic method of studying scripture, or a group of Bible passages, or a poem, or a sculpture, or a series of offensive plays by your favorite football team, or anything, really, is to give it a name. Names communicate something. Names imply nature, or meaning, or worth. Names indicate what is most important about something, or what someone wants you to think is most important about something. The parable of the Good Samaritan is well-named because the focus of the reader should be on, you guessed it, the Good Samaritan. The parable of the prodigal son, however, might be better named the prodigal father because the father's generosity and grace is much more illuminating than the son's licentious lifestyle and heartfelt confession. With this in mind, I've been thinking about our readings for today, and I believe that I have developed a name, or at least a theme, for these passages. God is crazy. From the craziness of a God who can forgive a city as evil as Nineveh, 
to a God who is so crazy to grant a full day's wage for an hour's worth of work, we could not blame someone for concluding that our Lord can seem to the logical mind a bit off. However, before I descend any further into blasphemy, let's examine these passages in a bit more detail. Our encounters with God this week ultimately deal with fairness and justice. Fairness being, as Oxford defines it, impartial treatment or behavior without favoritism or discrimination. But justice, justice is something very different than fairness. Fairness is an issue that we humans think about, at least this human thinks about, maybe even obsesses about every day. Many of our disputes with one another at home or at work or in the car or everywhere can be condensed down into an argument about what is fair and what is not. Who is getting their fair share and who is not? And if they are getting this, then why am I not getting that? I am reminded of a method that I employ when I make lunch for my children. I wish I could say that every meal I prepare for them consists of homemade breads, organic vegetables from my garden, lean and ethically sourced meats. That is certainly the meal that they and all children deserve. But sometimes it is the blue box of macaroni and cheese. And when the pot of beloved orange pasta is ready, instead of me serving them, I ask them to serve. One divides the pot among two bowls, while the other has the first pick of the bowls. The level of precision is awe-inspiring. A mentor of mine preaching on these same lessons a few years ago commented on this kind of arrangement. He said that this is a foundational principle of our culture, that no matter what else, it must be fair. But this passion for equity is not driven by a commitment to justice. As broken humans, our quest for equality is not blind justice, standing atop some domed building, holding aloft the scales of judgment for the entire world to see. Instead, fairness, if we are honest with ourselves, if I am honest with myself, is making sure that no one has more than me. But if that is true, then what is the difference between our sometimes self-centered motivation for fairness and God's crazy justice? The good news that I am called to share with you this morning is that God's justice is not about fairness, but God's justice is about something more. God's justice is about abundance. And due to God's abundance, 
that never-unending, unconditional love, that abundance that some may label as a little crazy. Our human, broken, two-dimensional understanding of fairness can evolve. For it was out of God's abundance, not fairness, that the world was created. It is out of God's abundance, not fairness, that we were made in the image of God. It was out of God's abundance, not fairness, that God saved the city of Nineveh. It was out of God's abundance, not fairness, that he sent his only son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to be incarnate, to know us, to love us, to walk with us, to die for us, and to rise again so that we might have the gift of eternal life. So out of God's abundance, all of us receive, regardless of our labor, our status, or our deservedness. We did not earn any of the blessings we enjoy, but they happened because of God's justice. In the kingdom of God, all will receive, not because it is fair, but because all are beloved children of God. So what are we to do with this abundance? Since God's justice is about more than our divine comeuppance, where do we as Christians living in a fair world go from here? We go into that world and bear witness to God's abundance, not expecting anything in return, but with a joyous soul and a generous heart, knowing that God will provide for all. Fairness may be about getting an equal bowl of pasta, but justice is about advocating for the poor and the sick. Fairness may be receiving the same gift as your brother or sister, but justice is about eating with prostitutes and tax collectors. Fairness might be rooted in our own sin and jealousy, but justice is about ministering and sharing the good news with the outcast and the downtrodden. Anthony Robinson, a Congregationalist minister in Seattle, wrote about this parable in the magazine, The Christian Century. And he said, when our only measure of fairness, when our preoccupation with is our just deserts, we lose touch with a sense of grace and graciousness. We forget about the people who love us more than we deserve and the God who has extended generosity and forgiveness to us. True justice is probably most evident not when the deserving share their well-deserved surplus, but when those who feel that they have been blessed and forgiven beyond what they have a right or reason to expect express their gratitude. God's justice is very different than our idea of fairness. For while with both all receive equally, with God all will receive abundantly. Maybe God isn't that crazy after all. Amen.